Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and Lawson. And what are you thankful for this morning, Lawson? I am thankful for sales. Me too. Yeah. Absolutely. I love sailing. Which kind? Oh, you're thankful because I was like, I'm just going to say sails and you can guess which kind of sail I'm thankful for. Oh, is there another kind? Yeah, there's, there's, there's two kinds of sails that I know of. Well, there's the sail, which is the town in Victoria. So I guess some people would be thankful for that. But no, I, I, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm thankful for sails that make boats go and whatnot. Yes. I'm yes. Super the thankful greatest for them. form of clean energy on the planet. Oh, just like one of the greatest inventions of all time. Whoever created sails, props to you because you're amazing. Um, I'm sure you're not alive now, but, uh, yeah, you're awesome. You're um, <laughs> but also sails in the way that, yeah, you know, went, went late night shopping last night. Got a new pair of shoes, like fifty bucks off. I'm like, so I'm cheering. It's just like life is good. Cool. Amen. I, I bought something. <laughs> I bought something on on a sale the other day. Um, it was on sale in the shop, and I saved like what did I save? Hundred, hundred and fifty bucks or something. It was really good. <laughs> big saving. There you go. What, what are you thankful for this morning? Price. I think I'll be thankful. No, I can't be. Sa- I'm thankful for uh, for food rescue. Ah, oh, dude, yes. So That's we do that awesome. every Thursday out at Maitland, out at the Gillison Heights Community Centre. Uh, where you can buy a week's worth of food for five bucks, mm. and it's the greatest form of recycling there is. So just turn on up. Any if you're anywhere in the region, just just turn on up. Just rock up. No questions food. asked. Five bucks, you get a week's supply of food. Oh, man, I wish I came. And, and and all of that food would be going into landfill if we weren't repurposing it to uh, help people mm. out. Dude, honestly, food rescues are like the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. Like as a poor person. Yeah, like, as a poor Bible worker that Lawson is. Like food rescues are like... Food the, rescue is how you live. This is the saving grace of life. This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the TuneIn radio app. What, what, what are we going to be talking about, Lyle? Uh, oh, hey, we're going to talk about pigs. We're going to talk about rats. We're going to talk about mice. Uh, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> all your friends. We, we, yeah, <laughs> all my mates. <laughs> they're, all, they're all dying. Um, anyway, uh, stay tuned for that. But right now we're going to listen to The Corner Room with First Corinthians chapter 13 here on Faith FM.
Oh man, what a way to wake up in the morning. That was amazing. That was incredible. That was the corner room um, with, oh, I'm just struggling to read. It was to say movement nine, eight, two. Okay. Movement two. Of course, that was about 1 Corinthians 13, which is one, you know, one of the most famous passages in the Bible. Yes, one of the most uh, put to song passages in the Bible as well. Put to we song were just passages. Having an off air discussion about that. Uh, Reddit weddings, like just, er- yeah, every, every context, 1 Corinthians 13 is. There you go. And we had it for the breakfast show this morning. What a wonderful message to wake up to. What have you got for our clue for the quiz there, Lawson? Oh, the clue for the quiz. I. Completely got, forgot, forgot that we had a quiz, <laughs> Lawson. There's this thing we do every day. <laughs> that that it's one thing. The quiz. <laughs> that one. Oh, thing. All right. Okay. Yep. All right. I got a. I got a quiz. You ready? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Who am I? First clue. I blessed the Pharaoh twice. Okay, that would be this person right here that I'm about to read on this piece of paper. There. Yeah, you're you're correct. I am. Correct. You're correct. I so am correct. no double I prizes up. I'm, I'm always correct. <laughs> <laughs> almost. Oh, okay. <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> My name's Lyle Southwell, and I'm the most humble man on earth. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. no double prizes up for grabs today. But that means that the quiz is still open. So give us a call one eight hundred three two four eight four three. And if you know who blessed the Pharaoh twice. You can win a prize completely for free. Of, cool. Of course, having known what the person is, that that's the only prerequisite. You Absolutely, have to, you uh, have to uh, you have to answer the quiz fully. But um, 
Something that I, I read this morning, which I think fits perfectly with the song we just heard, is quite uplifting, quite joyous. And something that I read about this morning is that um, in currently in, in, in Western Queensland, um, they're starting to get some rain. In the most drought, yes. In the most, yes. I heard about this. In I the most, had rain for since the cyclone went through. Yeah, and so in the most drought-stricken areas of of, of Central West Queensland, um, this was you know over Tuesday and Wednesday, they've been like having you know showers there up to um, in, the highest total was recorded in uh, Black Hall, uh, which received fifty millimeters of rain, and so these guys are just like. Stoked, you know, celebrating. Uh, but also, like, there was really it wasn't just you know in Blackhall that was where they had like the highest concentration of s- storms. But there's been like widespread coverage of like a couple millimeters here and a couple millimeters here, that which has just been really good to to you know just turn things a little bit green. Yeah, turn things green, fertilize the soil, you know, get things going again. And um, yeah, of course, that's really really amazing. We're in the midst of a gnarly drought here in Australia, which has been the talking point of many, um, you know. Political conversations, many um, environmental conversations, environmental conversations. Like everyone is, you know, the drought is something that's really, uh, it's a huge hot button topic here in Australia at the moment, um, and it has been for the last while. So it's awesome to see that we're we're starting to get to get some relief from that. Of course, so none of those uh, none of those showers uh, moved down into the New South Wales areas that had been struggling with drought. So we're still like it's still a huge problem, and it's still something that we're going through. Um, but yeah, honestly, like, you know, I, I just see this as like the amount of people that I've talked to, the amount of, of conversations that I've had with, with um, you know, farmers and whatnot. It's honestly like a result of prayer. Like there are so many people praying for this and there are so many people who are, um, you know, like obviously as Christians, we have a duty to support these people and there are a number of different foundations and, and different things that people are doing to support the farmers. But honestly, like one of the best things you can do is pray. And the amount of prayer that's been for this situation that has looked so dire to the point where people have assumed that, oh man, it might not ever rain again. To see rain come through widespread like this, I'm just like, Praise Super exciting. Lord. Praise, Praise the God. Lord. But um, Bring it on. We need to have a lot more than just those 50 millimetres. That's going to make a big difference out there. Mm. But what we really need is regular rain uh, that signifies the, the end of the drought. So, yeah, keep praying. Um, I guess, you know, there are a number of different foundations and things that which you can um, donate to to support the farmers. And, yeah, let's just really rally together and do our best. Something else that I saw this morning that I thought was pretty awesome, it doesn't really particularly have an effect on me but basically um an israeli uh, like company of scientists have created a device that sniffs your food and can tell you within 30 seconds whether there's any allergens in it that you'd be allergic to so that you don't die okay yeah I've never it's, sniffed my food to worry about whether I'm going to die or not. But if I had a nut allergy, that would be a yeah, really useful well, thing to have. Sitting sitting near us is our good friend who will be on the radio soon, Gemma. And Gemma. I know, I know that Gemma. Gemma's got a few allergies. Yeah, she 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 struggles with the old allergies with the with the one or two nut allergies, and I'm sure this would be an amazing device for her. So Gemma needs to move to Russia then. No, Israel. Oh, Israel, Israel. Israel. Yeah, Israel. yeah. So these Israeli <laughs> scientists. This is really cool, actually. It basically. Um, 
you put it near your food and it like detects the vapor, like, you know, cause often like steam and whatnot's coming off your food. It like sniffs that basically, but only when it's hot. What if it's not? What if it's just dry food, like dry crackers? I guess you'd have to just put it really, really close. Okay. And there's like, cause I guess there would be some, oh, you'd struggle if it was super dry cause it says it, it detects how the does, vapor. Does it, how does it sniff the food. Can you hear it go? Like no, it probably just goes like, Beep. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. And uh, yeah, it just sniffs the food and it can identify like all the different, you know. They should make it into a little cute one. little robot that you can put beside your plate that sniffs everything. Yeah, I know. Actually, at the moment, the problem I have it with it is that it just kind of looks. Oh, that looks so clinical. It looks so lame and ugly. I'm like, yeah, they should put arms and legs on it and a face. And it just like, Absolutely. Oh, it would be so good. But of course, because it's. I need so, to make it cute. Because it's so clinical. Um, the good thing is, is that this only, this device only costs around $150 when it will be released to the public. So at the moment, they're, they're still in, um, uh, like they've got their sort of research and development phase done. They're just tweaking it to get it into, um, I guess a shipment form, you know, a, a production form. <laughs> and yeah, there's been about two and, two and a half million dollars of funding that's been put into this project for the, for the time and the effort. And, uh, this is really awesome. This will help a lot of people. This will be a blessing to a lot of people. Um, at the same time, I kind of sit there and I'm like, like, this is a good thing. But at the same time, it's like, you know, there's always the question of, oh, hey, does this have nuts in it that saves you $150, I guess? But I don't know if you're in a foreign country and you can't speak their language and you need to know if there's aller- you know, yeah. things that you're allergic to in the food, then you can just whip this thing out and it'll tell you. Absolutely. Which which would be really awesome. So, yeah, I, I was like... They should make a uh, a little pouch for it that um, you have your sniffer and your EpiPen in the same pouch together. Ah, oh, fully. Man, I bet... The poison and the antidote. Janice is sitting over there rejoicing. She's like this. This is this is the biggest blessing gonna, to my gonna life. Going to change her life. She's going to be on eBay in just a moment. Israeli eBay. <laughs> Israeli <laughs> eBay. <laughs> trying to find I've one. Been of on these Israeli things. eBay. Oh, is it, does that exist? It's probably. I is, don't know. I didn't. Oh yeah, I guess Israeli eBay Am- would be Israeli Amazon locked. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Jewish people are into making money anywhere <laughs> and anyhow they can. You guarantee that there's going to be a whole bunch of those kind of platforms fully that you could buy this. Hit from. it up. There's probably already pre-development ones on the market. So there you go. There you go. Um, finally, last thing I just wanted to talk about as I have a minute and 30 seconds left. Um, <laughs> something that I thought was kind of sad, but has an awesome um, little ending. So basically, the University of Queensland building, uh, or UQ, um, in Brisbane is this giant glass building. It's actually pretty similar to the one that we have in Newcastle for the University of Newcastle. It's like this huge glass new age design, like super cool building. Um, so yeah, it's just these huge glass structure. Um, that's really awesome and amazing. But one of the biggest problems that they've found with it, particularly like being in, in Brisbane is that about 10 birds a day run head on into this building because it's glass and just drop dead. <laughs> and it's been really rough. Like, cause they, cause where the particular place where they hit the glass is like, they hit the glass and then will just fall out of the sky onto the ground right in front of the entrance. Oh, no. And so, they've just been having this huge problem with dead birds just like dropping from the sky at the entrance Landing of the, the university entrance. building. Oops. And so, there have been... Um, well, there was one particular student, a PhD student named Adam Hines, who was super distressed about this. He was like freaking out. And he's like, why are all these birds just dying? This is awful. And he would go and like bury the birds all the time. Anyway, he posted on Twitter. He was like, 
University of Queensland need to do something about this. And so they contacted him and they went backwards and forwards um, until eventually, uh, like, they come up with a solution, which is they built what's called a Zen curtain, which is basically a curtain that's made entirely, like, it's just ropes that hang down across the glass. Doesn't that defeat the purpose of having glass? Like, kind of, but it looks cool. So, But it's not a curtain okay. that closes. It's like just a bunch of ropes that hang down. Right. And so, yeah, basically the birds are okay now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's, that's it. I love birds. I love birds too. Right now, this is Rob Smith and Nikki Criswell with Across the that all of the nations be saved From the lips of Messiah We have the promise Behold, I am with you always Across the streets we will go People who have called this place their home Across the oceans we will fly Leaving worldly gain behind To hear the Saviour's praise away Across the globe We will go Jesus has risen and reigns And no fearful and trembling We go remembering The gospel is mighty to save Across the streets and we will go We will go, we will go To the people who have called this place their home Across the oceans we will fly Leaving worldly gain behind To hear the Savior's praise awake across the globe We will go We will go The time has come, lift up your eyes The harvest fields are shining, shining The time has come, let us arise For heaven's judge is soon returning The time has come, lift up your eyes The harvest fields are shining, shining The time has come, let us arise For heaven's judge is soon returning place their home across the oceans we will fly leaving worldly gain behind to hear the saviour's praise awake across the globe welcome back everybody we are going to have another clue for our quiz here in just a moment and lawson is going to give it to us what have you got for us there lawson ready so who am i so we know this guy he blessed the pharaoh twice but also, dinner was my daughter. 
I just love that name, Dinner. Is it Diner? It, was a, it wasn't Dinner. Is it was Diner. 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 Dinner was my dinner. daughter. What on earth? <laughs> That's the most spoken thing ever. Dinner was my daughter. I was like, what? I know the answer to this. I'm trying to think of a story where this person participated in cannibalism. But Yeah. No. <laughs> that came out wrong there, Lawson. Dinah was my daughter. All right. All right. Well, let's go. No. I have some positively different news this morning. Uh-huh. Yes, because I normally do the series stories. But this one is positively different news. There has been 360,000 deaths on Lord Howe Island. That's awful. No, no, no. It's really, really good news. It's the Why? best news ever. Why? Uh, rats and mice. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, Lord Howe Island, um, Island is a small piece of paradise um, off the coast of New South Wales. Uh, my father grew up on Lord Howe Island, just as a uh, piece of trivia for you. And, of course, when my father grew up there, the whole island was infested with rats, mice, goats, and pigs. Mm-hmm. And so, they would do quite a bit of pig hunting and goat hunting, that kind of thing. Um, and he was a kid, so, you know, as you do back in the day, you go and shoot rats with your pellet gun. And uh, that was just sort of part of the lifestyle back then. But these animals wreaked absolute havoc on this island. A lot of, you know, endemic species that just vanished, just dis- disappeared under their depredations. And a lot that were brought to the brink of extinction. And recently, over the last uh, three or four months, they've had an eradicate. Well, um, several years ago, they had an eradication for pigs and goats. Mm-hmm. Shot them out down to the very last one until they were all gone. And uh, that has just drastically changed the ecosystem of the entire island. And now they've gone after the rats and mice. So the uh, the rats have been there since about 1918 when a ship uh, um, ran aground and the, and the mice a little bit less of amount of time. But they estimate, they put out uh, baits for them. Um, they airdropped baits because a lot of the island is very mountainous and rugged and remote. Mm. So they airdropped baits into um, places where they couldn't actually lay baits. And they believe that they are on the verge of completely wiping out all rats and mice off the island of Lord Howe, which is super, super exciting. Yeah. Uh, now, one of the concerns was one of the concerns was that you know there would be a number of native animals. That's who exactly would be, where my head went. Oh, yes, boy. particularly some that were critically endangered because of the presence of rice and, mice and rats, and of course the critically endangered ones were all um, captured and looked after by Taronga Zoo staff. Ah, oh, nice. While it was in process, and they had as a part of their permit, they had within their permit a a limit of you know a certain number of um, destruction of native animals, native birds, and so forth, that would be that was seen as being acceptable, and they're way under their limit, mm. way under their limit. Oh, so it's been just an incredible success, and right there on Lord Howe Island. Success. That's yeah. We like to see our world becoming a better place, and you know, our world is messed up as a result of sin, mm-hmm. and this is one of the evidences of that. And if we can turn a little piece of our world back to closer to the paradise that it was supposed to be, then that's always a positive thing. Mm. While we are talking about deaths, 360,000 deaths of rats and mice on Lord Howe Island, let's talk about the deaths of 200 million deaths. Uh-huh. That is one quarter of the population of all pigs on the planet uh-huh. have died as a result of the African swine fever. Huh. 
So that's pretty big. And of course, here in Australia, we have some really, really tough biosecurity uh, measures in place. People, um, you know, trying to cross the border with, uh, you know, some pork in their baggage or like that, they're just being sent home. Yeah. Just turn around, get back on the plane, you're going home. Mm. Um, the interesting thing about African swine fever is that this has been in, existed in Africa for like 100 years. Mm-hmm. But nobody ever cares about Africa, so then nobody ever did anything about it, um, of course, until it reached Europe and Asia and China and places like that. And so now everybody's like, oh, no, no, we need to get a, vi- a, 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 a um, uh, vaccine for vaccine. it. So this is, a, this is a fever that pigs get. Yes, it okay. is. One, it has a 100% mortality rate. Oh, okay. Um, it survives being cooked. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's not good. This is not good. Um, <laughs> the one good thing about it is that it's spread by touch. Mm-hmm. So it's not airborne. It's not insect-borne. It is mm-hmm. spread by touch. So you touch something. Can you touch a pig? Or the pig touches something and touches another pig. And it is spread that way. And it has not transferred across to humans yeah. as, as of yet. That was my question. I'm like, if it survives being cooked... And if, what happens if it bridges the gap across to humans? Yeah. And it has a 100% mortality rate. Oh. That could be the end of ever eating pigs on the planet, which would not be a bad thing. Which you definitely see, would not be God a bad said thing. about 3,500 years ago, no, let me think, 4,000 years ago, back at the time of the flood, don't eat dead pigs. Mm-hmm. And here's a good reason why, because we have seen these <laughs> kinds of diseases in animals that have existed in the past before that have... Uh, adapted themselves and crossed over to humans. Mm. And so if we weren't eating dead pigs, we wouldn't really have to worry about it. No. Yeah. Um, But I also find it interesting that um, there was a lady by the name of Ellen White back in the 1800s and back in 1902 she made this statement. She said, Disease in animals is increasing in proportion to the increase of wickedness among men. The whole animal creation will groan under the diseases that curse our earth. Hmm. And haven't we seen that in the last 20 years or so? Mm, yeah. Just an explosion amongst disease in animals. You can think of, you know, sort of, it kind of really begins with the mad cow disease and, and, and continues through from there. We've had bird flu, swine flu, this flu, the other flu. Um, now we've got swine fever and it just continues to go on and on and on. And the bees are dying. Yep. And that's awful. So it's <laughs> like one of the biggest tragedies that there is. Yeah, one of the biggest uh ecological catastrophes that is currently going on. So it's like, man, we need to need to get our lives together. We do indeed. And while we're getting our lives together, some more positively different news. Uh, so this is uh, coming out of Victoria. Is this related to death? I hope not. Yes. Oh, it is. Oh, okay. Kind of. <laughs> death of our oceans. Um, Victoria has just brought in a plastic bag ban. Okay. Now, you might say, well, hasn't that been in place for like ever already? Uh, the answer is no. They're- Coles and Woolies have done, on occasions, plastic bag bans, but this is actually a state ban. Mm-hmm. Uh, is so New South Wales is- under a state ban? No. Ah. Oh. So, this huh. is, this is uh, a state ban, and of course, this is um, one state in Australia finally catching up to places like Kenya and parts of India, you know, developing countries that mm-hmm. have brought in this ban in the past um, already. But in Victoria alone, they use 10 million plastic bags per year, mm. one million of which one million plastic bags end up in the environment. Mm. 
And of course, these things last forever before they break down. And it's just, uh, you know, horrific pollution to our oceans and to our ecosystems and, uh, yeah, just a terrible disaster. And so they've, they've gone, you know what? No more plastic bags. Mm. No more single-use plastic bags. Yeah. It's and that includes compostable bags and biodegradable bags. Oh, so you're not allowed those either now. They've actually found they're worse for the environment. You know what's so interesting? I remember growing up, like, and hearing ads on TV, like from Woolies and Coles, where they would be like, oh, yeah, and get a plastic bag. They last 100 years. Like, we have the best plastic bags that you can get because they last forever. And now it's just, like, completely turned on its head. And it's like, ah, oh, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> no, that's for sure. You know, And it was like, we don't use paper bags because... Uh, we don't want to cut down forests and now paper bags are like, well, paper bags at least are a renewable resource. You can regrow yeah. uh, forests whereas plastic bags come from fossil fuels and wreck the environment and mm. a paper bag probably, I don't know, probably improves it over time. <laughs> Just breaks down and turns into dirt again. Mm. Fully. Um, but the, yeah, the real, the real question is when will Australia catch up to the rest, well, catch up to some of these really poor developing countries and mm. just do a, a nationwide ban on, um, you know, plastic bags because these are creating a terrible, terrible, um, ecological problem in our world. There's a, there's a few exceptions out there, but the th- thing is, I mean, I haven't used plastic bags for, I don't remember how long. I don't remember when I last used a, one of those shopping plastic bags. Fully. And you just don't need them. They, we didn't used to need them in the past. We could do shopping fine without them. <laughs> Why so do we true. need them now? <laughs> anyway, moving on with the show. We're back in a moment with Gemma, but now we have Jaden Levick with What a Friend. Yeah. 
Welcome back to Faith FM. Continuing on to the show, we have our guest interview. But before we get into that, uh, let's do another clue for the quiz. So we know this guy. He was blessed by Pharaoh twice. Dinner was his daughter. Dinah. <laughs> Dinah. Dinah. <laughs> and he used a rock for a pillow. Of course, Lyle knows what this is. Gemma, do you know what this is? Somebody who used a rock for a pillow. I don't know. Mm. Mm. There you go. Well... Read the Bible. Um, <laughs> if you know who this is, give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and you can win a prize completely for free, of course, if you uh, know the answer to the 
quiz. Okay, so Gemma's a regular host here, or semi-regular host here on Faith FM Radio, filling in for us, and we always appreciate it when she can uh, come and join us. So Gemma, we are glad to have you here as a part of the interview of the day today. Yeah, this is something different, kind of exciting. Um, I've got a number of questions I need to ask you to begin with. Okay, sure. Okay, so you're a Christian. I am. Yes. Yes. And last year you were a Bible worker. I was. And this year you are studying for ministry. I am. Okay, so you're a full-on Christian. You're somebody who really loves the Lord. Fully committed. Fully committed to serving the Lord. And you have a Tinder account. Uh, yes. Yes, yes I do. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> All right, so a, don't, sad, dude. don't oh. tune out right now. <laughs> don't tune out right now. Stay with me. What? Is this Dr. Phil? <laughs> Stay with me. Stay with me. Setup <laughs> Stay with me. Okay, so um bunch of people listening out there not not really familiar with Tinder. I'm not mm-hmm. hugely familiar with mm-hmm. it. Um it's one of those things that we sort of hear about, it has a bit of a reputation. What does Tinder have a reputation for? Okay, let me think of the correct words to use. Tinder has a reputation for being a hookup app. Okay. So the purpose that you would be on Tinder is you are looking for somebody to go and meet. Right. And people use it for what kind of meeting? Is it like a whole variety of different meetings or uh, some of these a little bit on the dodgy side? Or? It has a reputation for the dodgy side. However, you will find a lot of people that are on there just looking for a partner, looking for uh, someone to go on a couple of dates with, somebody to eventually become boyfriend, girlfriend type situations. But it also does carry on further than that into the dodgy side. So it has a reputation for being mm-hmm. all dodgy, but uh-huh. in using it myself, I've noticed that there are a lot of people on there that are genuinely just lonely and looking to talk. Okay. Okay. Uh, so you have a Tinder account. So does this mean that you are then uh, single and looking for uh, just somebody out in the you know the big wide world to uh, to you know to to meet and to potentially marry at some stage? Is this your purpose for using Tinder? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you. Okay, I'm, I'm I'm glad we clarified that right up front. Um, okay, so. Uh, for those who might be wondering why I've asked Gemma to come on the show, um, we were there was a group of us who were out camping. When was it? Last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, Gemma was amongst us, and she talked about uh, she just just casually in conversation because I knew nothing about this story. It seems like I'm the last person to hear about these um, kind of uh, interesting stories. Um, <clears throat> but just casually in conversation, mentioned that one of her Tinder contacts was coming to church, mm. and I'm like. What? What? Wait a minute! One of your Tinder contacts. <laughs> what is going on here? What kind of people do we have as a part of our church here at uh, at Raymond Terrace Mission? Okay, so Gemma, I do have to. We do have to hear this story mm-hmm. uh, because you have, I guess, used Tinder in a creative way that it's possible you are the only person in the world using tinder for this particular purpose what do you use tinder for i use tinder to look for people who are interested in learning about the bible okay doesn't that place you in great danger absolutely so don't do it (laughs) it's got some risks to it yes and how long have you been doing it for oh over a year now okay yeah and have you been able to meet people to study the bible with yes as in like one or two? Into the hundreds. Right. And have you had opportunity to lead people to Jesus through this? Yes. Okay. It's All like right. an so, interrogation. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm very scared about how much detail you want me to go into. I'm just, yes. All right. Yes? All right. 
All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how you actually do this. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the safeguards that you've put in place. Definitely. And we're going to talk about the dangers. Yeah. All right. So let's begin with how you actually how how you actually do this. Okay. So I made a Tinder oh, account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, basically, let's let's start with why you actually started this. Why I started how this. You, okay. How did you come up with this idea? Yeah. So as you mentioned, I was Bible working last year, and That's a big right. part of Bible working is door knocking, which is when you're going around, you're walking, and you're knocking on doors. Now, you. I broke my leg. Oops. On a jumping castle, which <laughs> is a whole other story in itself. Yes. Thank you, Lawson. Yeah. So I broke my leg on a jumping oh, castle. Big that. oops. Yeah. So therefore, I could no longer be door knocking. I couldn't walk around knocking on doors looking for people who wanted to study the Bible. So I had to get a little bit creative in how I was going to continue Bible work. Your options were what, to sit in an office for uh, a few months? I did that for a week. I sat in the uh, conference office here for a week um, and helped out with paperwork and things. And it was rather boring, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I had to get a little bit creative about how I was going to continue practically looking for people who wanted to study the Bible. So I prayed about it a lot. And late one night after I was um, praying and getting ready for bed, this random idea popped into my head. You should get Tinder on your phone and look for Bible study contacts that way. That's a really random and idea. I was like, that's really If that random. random idea came into my head, it would have been gone out of my head in about the next <laughs> millisecond. But anyway. I, I, I thought about it and I was like, nah, that's not going to work. But let's just see what happens. Let's just let's just try it. I'll, I'll trust this idea that randomly popped into my head. So I signed up, which was really easy, made an account, um, started... What did your account look like? So this was one of the safety protocols that we uh, that I put in place. So I only had a picture of the Bible because you're, you're creating an account to kind of match with people that you're interested in meeting up with and talking to and getting to know. So Okay, so you're not being deceptive on your Tinder account? No, absolutely not. From the get-go, everybody could see who I was and what I was doing. And in, what you were interested in? In the manner that my picture was a Bible. That was it. The only information about me you could see is my first name only and my age. Mm-hmm. So you had my first name, my age, a picture of the Bible, and a little bio, which tells you a little bit about who you are and you know what you're looking for and that kind of thing. So, and what did you say on there that you were looking for? I said, I'm looking for people who are interested in studying the Bible. I said, I'm a, I'm a Bible worker. If Tinder's not working out for you, if you want to try something different, question a Christian and swipe right or match with me for a Bible study. Okay, so that's pretty upfront and very, very clear. Oh, very. <laughs> very, very clear as to your intentions. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so you set up this Tinder account um, and then... Uh, do you get any results? I mean, how long does it take before you get actually results from this? Yeah, I mean, so it, to me, to me, I'm sort of thinking, okay, if I was uh, a single person on Tinder looking to hook up with somebody, um, you know, and I saw a a, a Bible account come mm. up, I would just, you know, move on because it's like, well, that's just not yeah, what I'm here for. Not what I'm here for. Yeah. So I thought that that would happen. That was what I was thinking when I started the account. I'm like, well, this isn't going to work. Nobody, nobody's on Tinder looking for a Bible study. Like, it makes no sense. So I started the account and I started swiping right on people. And the swipe right is basically me wanting to match with people. So I set my... And they have to accept that. They have to accept that. So for in order for you to start a conversation with somebody, you both had to have swiped right on each other's accounts. Yes. And then you match. So, so you swipe you right with them. Yep. They then have a look at your account and see, okay, do I like this account or do I not like exactly. this account? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So and if you indicate that you like the account, you swipe right and then you match. So I set my parameters uh, in the settings to the church that I was Bible working at. I set it for 10 kilometers around that church and I set the age between 18 to 30-ish um, and swiped right on every single account because obviously I want to match with as many people as possible. I'm not rejecting anybody from this. I swiped right on every account that popped up on my page. Because you don't care who they, what they look not like or all. what they do or who they are or otherwise because every single one of them is a potential soul for the kingdom. Absolutely. So yeah, swiped right on every single account that I was shown. How many? Was that? Um, before you get locked out, 
um, because they want you to pay for premium then after that. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to see how this goes. So you get 50. You get okay. 50 swipes actually before they um, block you out and say, hey, purchase Tinder. So within the first 50 swipes, I swiped right on everybody. Um, five minutes after I started, I had like 15 matches. Right. Wow. Out of 50. 15 matches of people who have looked at your account gone, this person wants to study study the Bible with me. Within the first five minutes. And in within five... Okay, so what was your record for getting... uh, How many Bible studies uh, have you ever got within five minutes while door knocking? Ooh. um. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, To be honest, none. (laughs) Never got one in the first five minutes. Never got one in the first five minutes. (laughs) Okay, so um, were any of these contacts actually serious? Yeah, so actually within the first five minutes, I matched with um, one guy and he said he was doing some Bible studies with Mormons and he was interested in my page and he wanted to learn more because he wasn't really understanding a lot that he was learning with the Mormons and wanted to learn some more. And would he be interested in meeting with me to do a Bible study? And I was okay, like, Okay, so yes, within five absolutely. minutes. Absolutely. Within five minutes, I had a, a genuine, ready to a go. genuine st- Bible study contact. Yep. First five minutes of me using Tinder over a year ago. Yep, one contact ready to go. Did you did you meet with this contact? Did it actually work out to a Bible study? The very next morning, nine a.m., I was at Newcastle Uni in the cafe area where this guy came and we did a Bible study. Do you go there by yourself? No, that was also another one of the safety protocols that we put in place because it was me meeting guys that I'd met online alone. Um, we had I put in a couple of safeguards for myself. One, we had to be meeting in a public space, yes. like a cafe or you know, just out and about in a public park or something like that. So just somewhere where there would be other people around. Mm. Uh, and two, I took a male Bible worker with me. Yep, yep. Okay, yep. that's fantastic. Now, when you actually met with this guy, was he, was he actually for real serious about wanting to study the Bible he or was, did he just want to meet someone? No, he was for real serious. We sat down, he introduced himself. We had about two minutes of small talk like, oh, you're studying at uni. What are you studying? Oh, we're Bible workers. This is what we do. And then the first question he hit us with was like, I don't understand the Holy Spirit in the role of the Trinity. Is that a thing? And we were like, all right. Okay, let's start. Let's, let's, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. And then in, in we went. And we were there for two hours with this guy. And we went through a range of different topics. And he had a lot of different questions. And we ended up doing about um, 10 Bible studies with him, I think, over the course of the next couple of weeks. So, yeah. Wow, that's fantastic. Mm. And um, so th- this is where it all starts. Yes, that's, that was the start. Yes. How does Tinder feel about, about what you're doing? I have been banned <laughs> multiple times. Why, why does Tinder ban you? So I'm going to say they don't like it. I think in some of the emails that I've gotten and some of the things that I've had to do some research on Tinder guidelines and things like that, it's because I'm breaking the guidelines by not using Tinder for its recommended purposes. Okay. So its recommended purpose is to, um, is to hook up. Well, romantic. Um, yeah, ro- yeah. And you're not using it for romance. No. Um, you're using it for sharing the word of God. So, Amen. I um, like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I don't like that. Mate. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, so when this first started <laughs> happening and when the results were coming back for it and, and it was starting, people were starting to find out, um, Gemma, we had a Bible worker meeting thing and Gemma got up the front and kind of told everyone about it. It was like she did a presentation about it and she, it was literally like most of us had no idea what was going on. And she this gets, was like a week. This was my first weekend when yeah, I did this. Yeah. And she gets up the front. And everyone's sitting there. There's like 30 of us in a room. and All she's sitting like, there thinking like, this is a really bad idea. No, 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 no. Like she hadn't said anything yet. Yet She like set up a projector and everything. Like we're like, oh man, she's doing a really serious devotion. She's like, guys, I have to be honest and confess with you. Over the last week, I've been using Tinder. 
And we're just like, the room just like dropped. Like everyone was just, like we thought it was some confession or something. She's like, I've been using Tinder. And everyone's just like, this oh, is It was priceless. So I was having so awkward. much fun. Everybody's faces were so serious. I was having so much fun oh, trying to contain my smile and laughter while everyone's like, full on freaking out. Legitimately, I'm sitting there. I'm like, this is That's he- a pretty, pretty this, heavy worship. This is, this is hectic. And then she's like find Bible study contacts. <laughs> Check out my account. And she like took us through it. It was so funny. It's like the best. Okay. Does Do you know anyone else who does this? You've been doing it for what, a year now? Mm-hmm. Do you know anyone else who does this? No. Would you recommend this for just anyone? No. Mm. Why does it work for you and why would it not work for others? I think because I have put in a lot of safeguards and I have about three different people who keep me accountable. Mm-hmm. as well, is very safe. Because the temptation there is that I'm spending hours a day scrolling through single guys who are looking for something more. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge temptation for anybody to be put in to be able to yeah. do that. So I think sure. the fact that I have three different people that keep me accountable, that check up on me and how I'm doing, just spiritually, emotionally. Also, they look at the account to make sure that everything is above board, to the comments that I'm saying, to the messages that I'm receiving. Um, yeah, so that's definitely not for anybody. Have you, have you uh, come across, you know, and and um, been approached by you know cockroaches and just terrible guys. Uh, yes, there's been. I'd say probably about ten percent of the messages I do receive are very inappropriate, um, which is instantly when I just hit unmatch. And when you unmatch with somebody, that removes them from your account, and they get removed from their account. So you can no longer interact with each other ever ever hmm. again once you hit unmatch. Okay, so if you were the kind of person who was um, threatened by that kind of thing or, you know, had um, a past Yeah, of if abuse, that's a trigger for you or you know trigger, that you... Yeah, definitely not something you would want to do. Yeah. In fact, I would say this is something... This is a kind of ministry that there are probably few people that mm. could do and could do well. Mm. Um, you know... Have you had have you had like other people who've looked at it and gone, yeah, nah, I could never do that. Definitely. Me. And, and, <laughs> like like fully. Like I think that, you know and it's even it's not even necessarily from an evil perspective, but from a appearance of evil perspective. Like I just feel like for me personally, like yeah. it's just something that I, I I couldn't do and really people would understand it, nor like would I wholly and solely trust myself to do that well. So I'm like, yeah, and, and, and as a single young man, you know, and you're looking at uh, profile after profile after profile of uh, beautiful young women that are wanting to get in contact with you, you know, the, the, the ego can, the male ego is a very powerful thing, but Fully. the fem- female ego exists as well. <clears throat> and do you ever struggle in yourself with, um, as a single person, mm-hmm. do you ever look at a profile and go, that'd be a nice person to meet? And, and, and is, that a, is that an area of temptation that could actually be a trap for you? I mean, I suppose, yes, because, I mean, you're looking, you're looking at people all day. You're looking at different, you know, people every day. And, I mean, obviously there's, you know, when you look at someone and you physically, you know, they, they look attractive, you know, physically. We do that every day, regardless of if you're, you know, married or single. You can appreciate somebody for being beautiful, for looking good. Obviously. So, yeah, that happens. But for me, whether or not it's a... It's not an issue for me to take it any further than the initial. How do you, wow, how do you look okay? Yeah, how do you keep it that way? How do you what what kind of boundaries Ooh. do you put in place so that it never goes past? I'm here to share Jesus with you. Much much prayer and accountability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I said before, I've got three people that I check in with on a regular basis, which yeah ask me difficult questions and keep me accountable. 
Mm. Okay, would you would you recommend this as uh, somebody at, you know just your general run of the mill Bible worker? You know, goes to <laughs> no, no. Okay, and if there was somebody who wanted to do this as a ministry, where would they start? First thing, pray about it. Second mm-hmm. thing, ask close friends, mentors, your pastor, that kind of thing about it first, even together. before you create the account. Don't even download the app, okay? which of course, Which, of course, you didn't do, did you, Gemma? Uh, well... <laughs> you talked to people like the next day, didn't you? I did, yes. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, but I think that that's really wise counsel there. Um, talk to your pastor and put a team together. Mm, definitely. If, if you feel that you are called to do this kind of a ministry... And my advice would be that if they say, look, you know what? You're not the right kind of person to do this. Mm. Follow their advice. Oh, absolutely. There is wisdom in a multitude of counselors and often people who are looking at a situation objectively, they can look at you, they know who you are, and they're mm. going to say, you can't handle this. Mm. Don't go there. And like I said, and there are don't. dangers out there and there are you know people out there on Tinder for the wrong reasons, for very wrong reasons. Yeah. So yeah, there is something you need to be careful for. And when Gemma started doing this, like in that Bible worker meeting, she did a presentation and everyone was like really impressed. Everyone was like, oh, wow, that's amazing that you, you've found some way to reach a bunch of people. And the very next thing was that happened was one of the leaders stood up like, and was just like, no one else is allowed to do this. Like right. no one, well, you know, because they were in a rise at the time. And, yes. you know, they have a certain standard to uphold and, and whatnot. They're like, no one else is allowed to do this. This is like a Gemma thing. This is highly monitored, highly like, you know, we are and, really handling the situation. And, but, and, and you know, first week in. Yeah. Also, know, it's an experimental situation. Also because as well, like, you know, I guess, you know, when it comes to ministry, we're always looking for the silver bullet. And someone sees something that works, and they're like, "Oh yeah, let's just do all that." It's one all, thing. Yeah, no. no, it's like no, there isn't. It's just it you, works for one person, but not for everybody. You mm. just have to be a genuine Christian. Have you ever been in an unsafe position as a result of it? No, not yet. Praise no, God, not yet. No. Yeah, that's awesome. That's hopefully awesome. Hopefully never. And hopefully never. <laughs> yeah. and, and I think the safeguards that you put in place are. Uh, yeah, I was excellent. about to say. I think that's largely because of all the rules that we have put in place, like the public yeah. places, taking another person with me, and I'm upfront with the people that I'm talking to as well. I'm saying, hey, look, if we're going to meet up, this is what it's going to be. It's going to be on my terms. I'm going to have someone else come with me. We're going to be meeting in a public place, yeah. and if they're not okay with that, then they're not okay with that, and we unmatch, and that's it. Yeah, that's like right. there's yeah. no compromise. Again. Yep, mm. absolutely. Now, I think you've done a. I think you've done a great job of. Uh, of, of putting this program together, Gemma, and I think that God is using you in a, in a special way. Um, just as we finish off, tell us some of the some of the uh, highlights of uh, of your. Um, I, I hate to even use the word, but your <laughs> Tinder, Tinder escapades, Tinder outreach. <laughs> uh, well, there has been one guy who has been yeah committed to Bible studies. He's gone through a series of Bible studies. He's even come to church a couple of times. He uh, used to volunteer here at the Juice Bar. Mm. Um, so. Yeah, it's just been awesome to be able to see people's growth and find people that are actually (laughs) genuine and then just see God working in their lives is the absolute highlight. Just to see that the change that's happened in him and many of my other contacts that I've had, just to see them from when I first met them. How many Bible studies do you think you've actually given as a result of this? Over a hundred. Yeah, that's fantastic. Praise God. We need to move on with the show and uh, our prayers are going to be with you, uh, Gemma, as you continue with this outreach. Uh, Right now we have Matt Menegas. Savior 
stands to say.